and welcome to another episode of All That Film. We are back with a new structure we're going to try out for uh, news. You know, who knows, maybe we never do this again. But uh, I'm your host, Hay, and we're joined with my good buddy, Todd. Uh, and we have hello six takes, or six uh, topics, six takes and uh six minutes so the goal for these is each of the takes uh we discuss for six minutes and todd and i have to agree on a hot take um that we like if we were you know if this was an inflammatory espn opener or whatever we we decide on our take that we <laughs> we have to justify um okay we have, we have six of these some more easier than others uh, maybe we won't disagree on the takes, but this is the format that I'm going with because it sounds better. Uh, with that said, here are the six topics for the listener. Um, feel free. I, you know, actually, I won't leave time codes because again, these are all well. These are all going to be six minutes, so just know they're around six minutes. If you want to skip around, uh, I might leave the order below uh, when I listen back to this. But the six topics are the Eras Tour. Uh, Taylor Swift in her concert film coming to theater soon in, in a specific thought that crossed my mind uh, that leads to the take. Uh, Christopher Nolan is now the third director at the box office. Uh, who has the gauntlet for must-see actor right now? Uh, AI being used in Brightburn, Werewolf by Night in Color, and then Poor Things winning the Golden Lion. Todd, I will let you start. Which topic do you want to hear or do you want to discuss first? And I'll start the timer. Oh my goodness! You want. <laughs> Can I give it to deal? I would like. I would prefer dealer's pick. I actually want you to start first. Okay, if I, that's you know, all right. I'll, I'll start chalk here. Um, I'll go with the one that I had first, just because I have I have too much ammo on it. Um, Taylor Swift does not care about cinema. <laughs> this is this is my <laughs> inflammatory take that I am throwing out. Listen, I I came out probably one month ago. Uh, someone who was not big on Taylor Swift, I had changed my mind. I had seen the joy and the love of the Eras tour that it brought everyone. And for the most part, I'm still in that boat. It, you know, if, if I briefly go aside from the in, in inflammation here, uh, maybe I could be more reasonable. But however, um, Taylor Swift chose to, to release her film in October. And, you know, an argument could be made. There's even more films in November, so maybe she spared... Uh, the rest of the Best Picture slate, who knows. However, uh, The Exorcist remake by David Gordon Green already had to move a week before, uh, and this is now the week before the wide release of Killers of the Flower Moon, Martin Scorsese's latest film, one of the biggest influences in cinema of all time. And here's the kicker, Todd. I looked this up. Taylor Swift said last year that she loves the Wolf of Wall Street when she was at TIFF premiering uh, Forevermore or whatever her 10-minute music. Well, he's all that or what? All, all too well, all too well. Um, and then in her new music video, she stole the cinematographer that works with Scorsese. So, you know, is there something intentional here? Who knows? Todd, I will let you have the floor uh, now that I've uh, shared this with you. <laughs> As a fan of a major uh, pop group like BTS, I am readily aware of Taylor Swift's power and the power of her fans, and they deeply threaten me. 
<laughs> and so I fear this woman and her power. I don't know if you know this, but I didn't like the long pond sessions and I gave that a low rating and the Swifties came out in force against me on Letterboxd. It was a pretty powerful impact. So I'm going to say she has pretty much now taken the first steps necessary to control cinema and the era's tour will be the most successful live concert tour ever in cinema. I'm kind of amazed at how it's already there. It's already there. People are Mm -hmm. the scary part is people are talking about like where this could like where this settles in biggest opening weekends this year. And I'm like this year, what, what are we talking about? Um, yeah, yeah, I, I think there's, there's more positive people that are like, Ooh, this could be Barbenheimer too, you know, eras of the flower moon or whatever. It's not happening. There's no Swifty that's going to see besides maybe Lindsay. And honestly, if I ask Lindsay, she might say she's seeing the eras tour twice in a row. Um, yeah, look, I'm not like, ultimately it's funny you brought up BTS. Cause I was thinking like if BTS pulled this instead of Taylor Swift, I think I would be as mad. Mm-hmm. Or, like, the same level of mad. Like, it's it's not just specifically because it's Taylor Swift. It's that, like, this has traction, and I guess it's going to work. And now I'm very curious. I think there's a world where, like, if Beyonce's looking at, you know, the the landscape of the Christmas release, I, I think mm-hmm. there's a world she could drop, uh, you know, her own concert film in in uh for a christmas release if aquaman 2 isn't doing too well wonka's petering out um and i'm just very worried i'm very worried todd why does this i'm curious why does it worry you this to me just seems very normal is if this is a one-off thing because i i think there could be an argument that only taylor swift could do this and it's just because it's the heiress tour and it was a little more like uh Oh no, exclusive. I do think this is the I do think this is the future. So if, if you're bothered by this, definitely this is the future cuz yeah, these I'm, tickets I'm are getting more and more this, so. these ticket these tickets are getting more and more expensive to go to these concerts. Concerts are becoming more and more for like the elites. So I think this is really the future of like performance uh in the music arts. So this will this will be interesting. This well, success I'm, is definitely going to be noticed by the industry. Yeah, on, on one hand, like I do, I do appreciate that this is going to do pretty good business for like AMC already has their merch that they're selling for the Eras Tour and stuff, and they've already like mm-hmm. sold out all these tickets. Like at the end of the day, th- this is good for theaters because they're going to remain in business because rabid Swifties. So you know there there, there are some positives to this. It's just. The fact that this... I, I'm just upset that Killers of the Flower Moon is not going to have like its full weekend number one spot. And it's also going to be sure. on Apple TV Plus for the 10 people that have that. You know, it. I'm just... I'm, I'm sad. Like, like me. <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> but then like... Um, here's what I will say. Uh, because I know we're almost done with this topic. I do get why it's... Cons- for some reason, this just doesn't bother me that this is going to happen. Um, but I do get why it would bother you. Unfortunately, I do think of these things. In fact, to, on BTS real quick, I do think when they come back from the military, because I don't know if you know that right now, they're all doing their, like, you know, military service. 
<laughs> they are all doing their required military service for the Korean uh, military right now. So they're taking a two-year hiatus, but they're under contract for five more years. When they come back, they're going to do this massive tour, and that's going to break the Swifty record. Sorry, Swifties. Oh, wow. All right. We're going to end it there. Uh, the the <laughs> brief thing, Todd, I will give you 10 seconds to just uh, tell people to see uh, Stop Making Sense, uh, another concert yeah. film that's, that's coming back Stop to theaters. Stop Making Sense. It's going to make $5 compared to the Eras tour. Um, It's so fucking good. Everyone should see that. And then everyone should also see Buena Vista Social Club, which is one of the best concert movies ever. All right. Uh, Todd, do you you want dealer's choice again for the next topic? I do. Uh, Go for it. And then, well, no, 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 never mind. I know what I want. Is it called Poor Things? Poor Things. Yeah, I'll start the clock. Go for it. Okay, I am so freaking excited. I am such a fan of weird cinema that has this melodrama and these bizarre angles and everything. Yorgos Lanthimos is my favorite young director or like early-ish director still in his career. And the fact that this won the top award and even people who hate him are basically like, hey, I hate this guy, but I got to give it to him. This movie is freaking great. <laughs> and the fact that it has Emma Stone. I'm pumped, man. I'm all-timer coming in alert. That's that's where I am. What about you? Nice, nice. Yeah, uh, I, was, I am very curious because the brief things that I heard about this film and the fact that Yorgos is weird... Um, uh, this winning the Golden Lion, a lot of people are like, oh, this this elevates it to like a possible, like not even a possible, like a legitimate best pic- picture contender. Um, mm-hmm. And I don't know. I, again, maybe we talked about this when Everything Everywhere won, uh, that it just opens up a whole new world of movies that can win. Uh, so yes. maybe we're in that world now. Who knows? Um, I just would be very surprised because Yorgos's most uh, palatable film uh was the favorite and i think that would have been like i guess if if they put out the voting i would have guessed that would have been like third or fourth uh in the voting that year uh so i'm just surprised to see something like this doing so well but i i think that's also because there's not like an odds on favorite especially because dune 2's moved uh hopefully like killers of flower moon still probably a possible contender there um but scorsese is obviously already won an oscar um for best picture um but yeah i i'm really excited for this one i you know the thing we're doing i did a random actors uh tourney for the people um in a film club todd and i are in just because i wanted i had the tourney itch and i needed it scratched and and we we did a thing with 64 current actors yeah. anybody who's basically been in a project either in the next six months or in the past six months i included uh and i think emma stone is going to win uh, which is interesting to me because this movie has not come out yet. Uh, so maybe people are also factoring in that she could possibly win for Best Actor or for Best Actress at the Oscars as well. Um, and I was just thinking, especially because a lot of people jokingly were saying Emma Stone couldn't make Babylon, but now she's slated to do like six movies with uh, Yorgos Lanthimos. Um, which, yeah. You know, uh, whatever. We don't have to dwell on that. Um, but I, I'm just really surprised that 
someone who was you know the game that uh i asked you me and me and adrian play the movie grids uh emma stone was on the movie grids today and it was a lot of like comedy like super bad uh crazy stupid love easy like those were coming to mind when i was filling it out and i was like this is so crazy that someone who was in like some of the like best comedies of that era is now like may you know we'll get to this topic in a sec but maybe coming for the gauntlet of like the most must-see actor right now um and that's really cool i unfortunately don't have like a uh, this is the least inflammatory take one that i have it's cool that poor things uh it's cool weird cinema is going to be celebrated this year (laughs) now are you going to be able to handle the graphic sex scenes knowing that you are a prude about that are you going to be okay with that i've never been this is the this is the take you could get out of me um (laughs) i've never been a prude i just i and i don't even know if i've shared this with todd I find the the social media discourse about sex scenes to be really dumb. Um, yes. And I, I think everybody should just like take a chill pill and be like, you know, we're all a little crazy here. Um, I think yeah. there is – I just wish there was like more nuance to the arguments and usually it's just like a younger person being like, hey, I would like to not watch uh, people have intercourse while I'm watching something with my parents and then – some 35-year-old being like, how dare you not see the artistic integrity of including butts and penises? Yeah. Um, so, no, I'm going to be I'm gonna be fine with this. I'm, you know, maybe, maybe I'm I'll... that side of the argument. <laughs> I know. I'm the old I man. <laughs> I'm the 14-year-old, I guess. Um, but, uh, yeah, real quick question. Uh, if you had to mm-hmm. revise, if there was one weird cinema film in the past 10 years you think could win an Oscar like poor things. Uh, what would you pick? Crimes of the future. Oh, um, interesting. I'm trying to think of, Oh, Titan. Um, just a couple that spring to so, mind. So you did mention it. I would probably pick Titan actually it not getting nominated for best picture really did kind of surprise me. Well, not surprise me in like, the literal sense, but surprised me in kind of the cosmic sense that I was like, really, this movie is great and it's weird and we need more movies like this. So probably that off the top of my head, nothing else really jumps into, you know, in my mind. Nice. Well, that's pretty much it. You have 10 seconds left to say anything else. Uh <laughs> Go go watch Dog Tooth. It's really messed up. Okay, right. that's my go. ten minutes seconds. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I am going to pick for this third one because uh, I think this will be a little bit more I, I, not contentious between the two of us. We we might actually be lax on this. Um, who knows? Um, AI to be used in Brightburn too. Uh, Todd, I'll actually let you go first because I've gone uh, first. I guess you went first last time, but I'm still going to let you go first because um, you're the old man and you're going to tell us that it, the world is okay, guys. Um, is the world going to be okay, Todd? No, we are all doomed. <laughs> I am a sociologist 
and we are the most depressing discipline, and I believe uh, I believe we're doomed. No, I mean, uh, I just, it's, you know, I introduced this in another film club we're in, this topic, and the truth is, I accept it as an inevitability, but it doesn't mean that I'm, like, happy about it. And I'm old enough now that I think even when I'm in my 70s, I'm going to be like, nah, this was a bad idea. I just don't see myself getting used to this like I get used to other things. Like, maybe complimentary stuff here and there, but, like, the idea of AI writing, oh, God, it just really bothers me for some reason. So I am pretty, <laughs> pretty down on this. I do think a friend of ours, Brian, made the funniest response because I asked as a discussion question, what will be the result of AI given the Brightburn 2 decision? And his response was, I predict a lot of movies like Brightburn 2. And so <laughs> I think that's kind of how I, th <laughs> I, I, I don't know are we going to have a moment where like an AI movie makes it to best picture? I sure as hell hope not. We'll see. See, yeah, there, <laughs> it's funny that you say that. Cause I, I'm very worried. Cause I think the thing for in, and we had a whole discussion about, and I think, I think it was a very interesting discussion cause I, it, it's been interesting. Um, I'll just briefly share my take just for the dear listener that I think it's very vanilla. Um, I'm not a fan of AI. Uh, I'm not very pro it. Uh, the other day I got stuck at work and I, I've just been bombarded over and over with Google's AI, Bing's AI. And finally I was like, you know what? Like, I, d I don't know how to do this next thing. Instead of trying to Google it, I'll just I'll just do the Bing AI. Uh, and it actually did give me an answer, but it felt dirty. Um, so, you know, I'm no better than yeah, you. I'm not saying you're... I'm better. H however, I, I do think where it gets like a little contentious is the people that are like, no, you mustn't like the holier than thou people that are like, I am the arbiter of decisions. You should not use this or whatever. And I'm kind of like, I don't know mm -hmm. if you made that decision, like go for it. I am, uh, you know, if we were the bright burn two team, you know, <laughs> I would maybe keep this under wraps a little bit, you know, after the <laughs> strike was over would be like, ideally um when i'd let this be i have announced. no idea what you mean yeah i have no <laughs> idea what you mean that's crazy um, it's just it's just very funny like the not funny like it, you know a, a you know dark kind of funny i guess that they they chose to drop this news like as we're getting the information that yeah the, the strike is probably going till january um, and I said, I said January, like long before, um, and it's looking more like that, uh, which is unfortunate. To me, what's crazy is like, there might as well been over that announcement. They may as well have been playing like the Imperial Death March during it. It was just so ominous. Yeah, I agree that it happened during the strike was like, Hey, look, we're replacing you. So... This is oh. going to be a very old... Can you hear me? Yeah, I, I just left and came back. Sorry. 
Okay, uh, this will be a very old man soundy thing, but like, like it almost like I'll still kind of view it the way I view ninety percent of auto tune use, which is that it's like <laughs> compensating for in. So like, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, it's depressing. It's, it, and and I think that the biggest thing is like my my problem with it, I guess, is like everybody's like, oh well, you know, AI is gonna replace all these like sequel like the direct to dvd disney sequels everybody's like oh sure. you know, it'll just do that and then people will have more ultimately like the the take that i have had and, and we talked about this into this discussion is like in theory for work like people don't want to do uh if there were something that in went into like the writers guild that was like for every bright burn two we will donate like a portion like even if it was 50 percent, i think 50% of that writer's salary will go into like a creator fund that will be spread out amongst the writers so they can keep writing other stuff. Like that's a very, um, you know, different perspective than the, than the world that we live in. Um, but there, there's a world where that could be good. Sure. But the problem is like, once you get the, the bright burn to it, it moves into like, okay, uh, can we sneak this in for, for other people? Uh, can we get, can we get like a, a Nolan-esque movie uh, that we... And I don't think Nolan would do this, but, like, that Nolan signs off on production uh, that he doesn't have to write, yeah. that he doesn't have to direct, and you can do it way cheaper. Um, but Here's yeah, what that's... I want. Okay. Here's what I want. We are the over the six minutes, I'll... but I will let you go. <laughs> okay, this can be my last thing. If I want AI to produce a short film script... And then for six great directors to all have to direct the same script in their own way. <laughs> That's the only AI project I want. I want to see that. I want to see, I want to see directors. Yeah. All right. Directors, the, the six different directors, they all come together. Um, I'm sure they'd love to work with, to get their uh, sign off with you know, working with AI, but all right. Um, we mentioned Nolan, so I'll go ahead and go to the natural segue. Uh, here's what I will mention. The headline is Christopher Nolan, third in box office as a director. Now, I have a question real quick. Uh, did you did you back check this by chance? I didn't. Okay, I'm looking more into it now, and I'm seeing... I'm seeing mixed results. Uh, you know, depending on where you look, and I don't know if this has been updated for nolan's um for nolan's uh latest film oppenheimer um but currently he's okay. listed as seventh um i think oh. in oppenheimer if you include oppenheimer in this i think it would get him to um at least passing peter jackson but i it wouldn't pass the russo brothers um so i I don't think he's actually third. Um, you know, I'd like, I think people liked that headline because, you know, they're like, oh, sick, he passed the Russo brothers. This is great. This is a win um, for us. Um, here's what I will say just real quick. And this is not, this is going to sound like a, uh, uh, a call out of someone who's in a, a different group, the one where we were discussing the AI. Um, you brought up Nolan as one of the discussion topics. And I felt like I was going a little bit uh, crazy when someone was arguing, and this again, this is not a call out for this person, 
Uh, I feel like there's some people that Nolan has fallen out of favor with, specifically uh, with, with how, I guess, people think he handled Tenet, and we'll get to that here in a sec. But um, but I was just surprised, because he was arguing, like, oh, yeah, you know, Nolan's not, like, he's a little overrated, overrated for name value, and I was like, I don't know. Like, I feel like Nolan's the, the name right now that can still put butts in seats to any movie he makes. Um, sure. And maybe part of that is marketing, I guess. But it, when when you're able to do the, the marketing right for all your movies, I, I feel like that's telling a little bit. Especially like there's an original film uh, that is kind of Nolan-y, I guess. The the creator that's coming. Um, okay. It's going to make $7. And I just think if, if Nolan's name was slapped on that, I think it would at least win The weekend. I don't know how it would do long term. Sure. Um, but what, what do you think about Nolan at least being in the top five he's he's passing the likes of peter jackson michael bay david yates uh he's ahead of jj abrams tim burton ridley scott uh and then of course spielberg <clears> and james cameron are, are the one two russo brothers third i'm in the camp that finds nolan slightly overrated not like majorly overrated i i I'm fine, I guess, with him getting here. I get why he gets here intellectually. Just if you're asking me if I'm happy about it, I don't know that I am. Like, there's something about his films that, like, when you consider him against, say, uh, James Cameron and Steven Spielberg, right? There's just something um, less interesting about his characters to me, but he definitely makes, like, pretty interesting you know i mean he makes cool films i just you know he's not he's not towards the top of my list like somebody asked uh in the group that we're in a hypothetical question where they were like well let's say you had a film what act would you have each of these top three name and i know that <laughs> you know you just went off on a thing about how it's not the top three. Oh, it's um, fine just for this hypothetical I, spielberg sure. uh uh, James Cameron and, and Christopher Nolan, uh, which I think and was an I interesting knew, question. I knew I wanted Spielberg to do the first act because Sp no, there's not even a competition as to who develops characters better between those three. Like I'm not yeah, a Spielberg a, a Spielberg <laughs> diehard, but his characters are luscious. They're like wonderful. I, I, I he does a good job with that. And then I said Cameron would do the third act because he's good with, like, big, bold finishes. And then I just kind of defaulted to Nolan for the second act. And, like, I think that's my thing is just I get why Spielberg is up there. I get why Cameron is up there. Nolan, I'm just not as excited as being up there. There's directors I like more. I would – man – I don't know how I feel about Cameron being number two. Like I, at, at one point, like I really like it. It's especially more like just, he's like the defiant number two in that, like he's gone uh, to the depths of the ocean and no longer makes films, but still uh, will destroy so when he releases a movie <laughs> like Avatar two. Um, and there's some people yeah. that were doubting. And I was surprised that, people were doing this again there were people doubting cameron without avatar 2 and i was like i don't know like just talk to me when he misses once he misses like then then we can have a discussion of like yeah you know maybe this won't do as well or whatever and i, I do think like maybe maybe the third one 
like after the third one of, of the Avatar series is where you could see the profits decline a little bit. Because um, I don't know sure. how often people want to show up for that. Uh, the real thing that I want to end on real quick is uh, just for the people that that think Christopher Nolan uh, was, was you know, endangering people's lives, making them go to the theater. I would just like to say real quick, I feel like the studios have tricked people, uh, maybe manipulated is the right word, because uh, I think how those discussions went is Christopher Nolan was like, hey, I want my movies to release in theaters. And they said, okay, but we're going to do day and date because that's what we're going to do with all these movies. And that's what they did uh, with Wonder Woman uh, 1984 right after with Warner Bros. Um, and I feel like Nolan fell out of favor with like people that are, you know, more more uh, likely to take the, the pandemic seriously. Which, you know, I think it's like kind of fair, but I'm also like, I don't know. I feel like that was the studio being like, yeah, we're not going to wait to release this movie. Where I think, honestly, like if they had waited to release Tenet and then they also had mm-hmm. Oppenheimer, like that would have been a huge win for Warner Bros. Here, see, I I am going to agree with you, but then clarify why I'm not as high on him. I do think that that soured the opinion on him, but I don't care. I also went and saw Tenet in the theaters. Um, oh, same, My yeah. thing with him, <laughs> My thing with him is that I really question whether he understands human emotions. <laughs> like, I uh, I just, I don't think he does. Like, I think his characters are always just so weird and unlifelike to me. Uh, where I wouldn't say Cameron does a better job with that. But, like... Um, Cameron's films are just more entertaining to me. I think, like, I think Cameron I, understands I will admit, the idea. Oh, go ahead. Cameron understands the idea of like the cool guy archetype. Um, yeah. Which shows me like he gets, he gets what the people want to see, I guess. Um, so I, I somewhat get your yeah, point, yeah, yeah, especially yeah. I think Robert Pattinson is really cool in Tenet, but that also might be a Robert Pattinson thing. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. There's, there's sometimes where it's like, man, Nolan, um, you get some interesting writing on characters, but dude, uh, dude loves yeah, spectacle. Yeah. All right, we went eight minutes on that one. Um, okay, hey, it's our we'll, first time. We're doing yeah, our it's best. our first time. We, there, there was a lot of stuff. To, you know, I, I threw Todd for a loop that this might have been misinformation for Nolan at third at the box office. Uh, Todd, you get to pick once again. We only have left. Uh, who has the gauntlet for must see actor right now and Werewolf by Night in color? Where do you want to go? Okay, let's let's do uh, Werewolf by Night in Color because right. I did I didn't research that one, so I want you to talk first. But I'm oh, pretty sure, sure I know okay. what we're talking about. Um, mm-hmm. So it was announced that Werewolf by Night would be released in color. Uh, it was a black and white mm-hmm. Marvel uh, TV special that they did. I think it could be argued this one more than the Guardian special could be uh, argued as a movie. Um, just my opinion. Yes, but uh, I I thought it was pretty good. I thought it was pretty fun. We talked about it last year, I think. Um, and for the most part, I think everybody was like, "Hey, you know, there could, this this should be a thing that they do more um, of because this was a fun little yeah. Halloween thing to to have in October." Um, I think a lot of people were mad at first because they didn't think the director Michael Giacchino uh, was approving of this and disney was just like uh you know our our idiot 
Marvel fanboys don't watch films in black and white. Let's make this in color so more people check this out. Um, and he did approve it. There were some stills that people showed that I thought looked pretty good. Um, your mileage may vary depending on, you know, if you uh, if you like, you know, a, a film, a French film about a, a school locker uh, in black and white. Uh, but, you know, I, I think this isn't like the... <laughs> This isn't like a big story. And I guess I was just surprised uh, that a lot of people were like, oh, well, it ruins like the film. And I was like, I don't know. I feel like because they want to do like the the color films that for these characters, uh, for like the, mm-hmm. the Hammer uh, characters that also exist. They want to do a version like that. And I was like, OK, I guess that makes sense. You know, will I watch it? I don't know. Um, but I, I was surprised because a lot of people mentioned that this like shifts the point of the film. And I actually felt that mm-hmm. I, again, I do not care about this, but like uh parasite, uh, a film that the cinematographer like went to extensive lengths uh, to make look the way it did uh, with like the washed out colors uh, for those with, with less money. And then for the more bright, vibrant colors or bright, like full colors uh, in the rich environment, I thought works really well. And, green as like the thematic link for both of those i think was just used excellently and i haven't seen the black and white mm-hmm. version but that's why like i i didn't really seek that out because i think like going to black and white you lose that a little bit but you know maybe i watch it and, and i'm wrong todd what do you think about this do you care at all or do you is this just a meh like is this a slow news day type of thing for you we're like oh did we not have this something to else me- to talk about <laughs> This well, I'll admit this. Of the six topics, it was the one I was least interested in. But <laughs> I do have something to say. You know, I'm just being real. Like, uh, but I do have something to say. I really appreciate black and white. One of my top. I was having a conversation with uh, somebody today on Discord about my like biggest pet peeves, and one of them is when people say black and white is like an inferior form of presenting films you know and so i do think that there was intentionality in the black and white in that movie and so colorizing it is not something that i particularly love although i do accept it as an inevitability and i can recognize that i can just not watch it but if you want me you know if you're curious it is a symptom to me of dumbness (laughs) that's what that's where a lot of people before the director had come out and been like oh no i'm i'm uh, i'm also approving of this i think a lot of people are like oh this is just because dumb mcu fans can't watch a black and white film and i think i actually think black and white is fine for a tv special i do think i don't think we'll ever get like a full black and white movie in the mcu Here's my question, just real quickly for you. Do you think we'd ever get a fully subtitled MCU film? Oh, um, hmm. Okay, so <laughs> at Shang-Chi, when they're talking in a different language, I heard someone go, oof, <laughs> in my theater. <laughs> oh, boy. And so I just, I just have that in my head. 
that's real by the way that's right. i didn't expect you to ask that question but like uh that's real i remember that happening i think i even wrote about it in my review and um it just uh no i don't think we will <laughs> not not at least any time in the in this iteration of marvel at least all right fair enough um I, you know, when I saw Shang-Chi, uh, my theater, it, the screen was rotated like at 30 degrees and shifted down. So you couldn't even read the subtitles. And that's what like tipped me off that something was wrong with the screen. Like I already was like, huh, something's weird about this. And then I couldn't read the subtitles and no one else like seemed to complain about that. They were like, oh, whatever. I don't need to know whatever what this character I don't read. Said. Right, yeah. um, but uh, that, that's her thoughts on uh, Werewolf by Night in color uh, coming to a Disney Plus near you. All right, we have our last topic here, Todd. Uh, would you like me to start or you to start for this one? You can start, yeah. All right, who has the gauntlet for must see actor right now? You see their name in the title or in the in the credits, and you're like, I'm in, I'm sold, I'm here. Uh, I think there's an argument that this could still be Denzel Washington. I wrote down this topic um, because Equalizer 3 just recently came out. Uh, and I don't know how good the Equalizer films are. Um, but I, I think they're largely carried on intrigue because Denzel is a part of them. Um, I think there's a lot of arguments for people that you could make. Uh, the reason I wrote this down is because if we were picking a little bit younger person, um, even though I, you know, I, I still think there's an argument to be made for Denzel. Um, I think you'd have a pretty tough argument to say, at least amongst like film people, uh, that it's not Ryan Gosling. Mm -hmm. uh, Cause he just had a stellar okay. performance. People really love, and there's a, you know, not a lot of people saw this in theaters, but I think the film community people have really gravitated towards uh, the nice guys performance. Um, and it, it's mm -hmm. kind of stood the test of time. Um, I just think there's a lot of great performances from him. Uh, he's a really talented actor. Do you have a counter? Uh, obviously, I brought up Emma Stone. I think that's a good person to bring up for this. I think if... I'm trying to think of some of the others. Uh, Margot Robbie was in Barbie um, in Babylon. Um, I think maybe if Saoirse Ronan... I know she has Foe coming out. Um, I would have said like up and coming actors probably like in 2019, fresh off Little Women, she had like Brooklyn, Lady Bird. Uh, that was like, oh, buy all the stock you can. Sure. Like I'll see any movie she's in. Uh, and she hasn't done as much, which, you know, is fine. Uh, but is there anyone that you would bring up? Who is who is your challenger here for the gods? So can I can I say a quick thing about Denzel Washington that I find interesting? So sure. I listened to a podcast eight years ago where they had this consulting company that projected box office based on just descriptions of films and who was in it. They didn't even do uh, trailers or anything. And they were one of the more accurate predictors like early on in terms of how a film would do. And one of the things they found that I thought was really interesting is the only actor that always added value to any script was Denzel Washington. That, that doesn't surprise me. A lot me. of... 
a lot of actors added value to most scripts, but like everyone was always interested if he was involved. So I don't think it's a bad thing. I'm just going to round it out with some youngins and I'm going to say for me personally, Rachel Sinnott and is it Io at a I don't yeah. know how you, yeah, they're towards the top of my list now. Um, they're just amazing to me. I just watched theater camp and Ayo Edaberry is like the funniest part of that for me. I agree. Like she has this great. Shockingly. Cause there's a <laughs> lot of really funny people in there. Um, yeah. And Rachel Sennett is just, I don't know what it is. She's electric. Like she's just, she's so great in roles. So I have to go with the two of them because you already took, I would say Stone is pretty close to the top of this list now for like film people. Right. She just picks good roles, I think. Yeah, yeah, no. I, I think those two are a good call, especially because I, I think it's good to jump on someone that, like, you know works with pretty good directors. Um, and they're you know, always going to be working with Seligman, I guess. <laughs> so Yeah, I'll also throw one other person in there, and it wouldn't be someone who necessarily came to mind, but who's skipping a Leo DiCaprio movie in the film community now? I think you're right. I think... <laughs> I think maybe there's some people that like uh, off screen some of the Leo shenanigans um, have made people. Like, sure. but people, people don't want to fucking... admit that as like the the must see actor that like this guy that continually only dates twenty uh, five exactly. year olds. Um, but I, I think you're right. Like especially because I think it helps a little bit if you're like a little picky with the movies you're in. Because uh, then you can be like a little more selective. You get better scripts. Um, I wonder if do you think we are two people that like uh, don't look up. So do you think that maybe we're not the right people to say fresh off don't look up? People are still as high on Leo DiCaprio as ever. Uh-huh. Here's the thing though: it's if the question is, will you watch their movie? Everyone still watched Don't Look Up. Right. I don't. You know what I mean? Like you are correct. I, that that would be my. That would that would be <laughs> that's my a answer. Good, that's that. a good counter. as someone who's. Yeah. I I think that's a. It's yeah. good that it's interesting you brought that one up. There's a couple I want to just talk about some of your answers you said. Uh, but since you brought up Leo mm-hmm. and we're talking, don't look up. I think there's a world where Jennifer Lawrence. I I truly don't think anybody would have seen, uh, the raunch comedy that she was in. Or that if there was another sure. actress in there, if she's not in there, I think that movie is forgotten. I have heard good things about oh for sure uh, another comedy film that came out in the summer, Joyride, uh, that by all accounts is is pretty solid. Um, but I don't know mm-hmm. if it's going to have like staying power. I think that movie, sure. like people will watch that movie because they want to watch Jennifer Lawrence films. Uh, so I'll just give a little sure. credit there. Uh, the thing that I wanted to mention, I, I've thought about it more and more. I actually think it's really interesting that, you know, uh, Seligman and, and Senate were in uh, Shiva Baby. Like, they both did Shiva, Shiva Baby together. Uh, AO, apparently, when I was looking into this, they they all three were at N- NYU. And that's how they met. Uh, I, the more I think about it, I'm, I'm actually really glad that the movie is, like, an AO Adabiri piece. Um, and, mm-hmm. like, she's the main character. And she really gets, like... Obviously, Senate is hilarious, and she's electric, like with her improv stuff. Sure. Uh, but I think Etta Berry like gets more of the acting stuff in Bottoms, and I think oh, that was actually oh, a really sure. good choice because she's great. 
Oh, she's wonderful. I love her. Uh, she, you know, I, I'm, she's top of my list now for sure. You, you haven't even seen the bear yet too. Um, yeah, I know. One day, I, one day you'll, you know, you'll me, watch a TV me show. And, <laughs> me and TV, we don't, we don't bond. You don't mess. Well. You don't mess. Yeah. Well. Um, okay. I don't get it. I don't get it. 